when deciding what to commit myself to, I think it's very important that it aligns with my long-term goals and that I can see how it directly can make me a better person in any individual area of my life. But a lot of times our commitment to integrity is easily eroded by our love for progress. So I always am on the watch for if something is compromising what I think is morally correct just to achieve a certain title or just to achieve the some more sales or revenue or pass the OCS challenge or whatever various event is in front of me. So commitment to my fundamental morals are very important. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. On today's show, we have Kyle Emmerich, a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, a finance and econ degree from Washburn, a college football player while doing one of the hardest internships in the country, and now out getting a second degree to move into engineering. There's a lot of learning to take from Kyle today. He is on the Edge of Excellence and he's signing up for all the hard stuff. He's going to be talking about how he holds himself accountable, how to prioritize his definition of excellence, and you will see how his values play into every action he takes every day. Welcome to the show, Kyle Emmerich. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. Thank you very much for coming today. Yeah, thanks for having me. As we get started here, we always start the same way. Why don't you share with us what your definition of excellence is? So my definition of excellence, there is a separation between excellence in any particular field and excellence in life. Excellence in any particular field, I feel, is marked simply by time spent and efficiency. So just putting in the work and then how good you are at it. While excellence in life, that, that's marked by well-roundedness. For me, that well-roundedness includes five main areas, health, wealth, knowledge, family, and faith or altruistic activity. But I, I think if you neglect any individual aspect of part of your life, then you fail to be excellent at life in general. So your definition of excellence separates excellence in one aspect of life with overall excellence. So you don't want to talk about being excellent at work or being an excellent athlete. It doesn't matter unless you've got the well-rounded excellence in all the areas, spinning all the plates of family, health, wealth, knowledge, and altruistic activity or faith. Correct. Correct. So Kyle, uh, I get a lot of people on the show and and many of them I've known for a long time. You're one of the ones I've known for a long time. And I wanted you on the show because every time I see you, I always see the same person. 
Doesn't matter if you were working with me like you did at College Works before. Doesn't matter if you're coming in to help us out just for fun. Doesn't matter if I'm checking in with you after a few years to see how the Marine Corps is going. Uh, but I, I've always known you to be the same guy, always hardworking. So how do your values and your work ethic play into your definition of excellence? So when it comes to being excellent in the various fields I'm trying to better myself in in life, number one, when I commit to something, I fully commit. You know, I decide I can't do anything half-heartedly or else I know that it won't work out at the end of the day. But when deciding what to commit myself to, I think it's very important that it aligns with my long-term goals and that I can see how it directly can make me a better person in any individual area of my life. But a lot of times our commitment to integrity is easily eroded by our love for progress. So I always am on the watch for if something is compromising what I think is morally correct just to achieve a certain title or just to achieve the some more sales or revenue or uh, pass the OCS challenge or whatever various event is in front of me. So commitment to my fundamental morals are very important. All right. And I, now I know that. And uh, thank you again for your service. Let's go back uh, to when you were in high school. And I know uh, you're a little bit different than me. When I was in high school, I was having maybe some behavioral problems. Pretty good kid all in all. My values were there, but I acted up. I was a little bored. And, you know, I kind of one day figured out how to get myself together and then move forward from there on. What were you like in high school? How'd you see yourself and what did you see your path as? Yeah. So in high school, I was always busy. I played every sport I could. I football, wrestling, and then I I was very involved with uh, any extracurriculars I could. So DECA, NHS, and then uh, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts every Sunday morning, catch me making the donuts and the coffee. But uh, yeah, in, in high school, I was confident. I was doing everything I can to get to the next place I wanted to be. And I, I wasn't for sure where that wanted to be. I halfway wanted to be the entrepreneur business guy. And I half always wanted to have that military aspect of my life, that, that idea of service. But Overall, I like to have fun with my friends. You know, I definitely had my fair share of partying and going out. I did like, so, so actually like sophomore year of high school, I, I was a little overboard with the drinking and I, I recognized that. And junior year when I really focused on playing football in college and I had a mentor in my life that I worked out with in the morning, a um, few days a week that, that really impacted influenced me with this but I, I took like a year I was just completely sober I wasn't doing anything like that so that that had a big positive impact on my trajectory at that point it really helped me make that push to go play football in college and uh, help me help influence that decision in my life which impacted me very positively so you're in high school uh, you're you're uh, making you're waking up to make the donuts you're playing sports, mm-hmm. you're, you're achieving because you're on a path. 
And you knew you wanted your path to end up, you know, high ranked in the military as an entrepreneur. Somehow you're going for both, which I love that. Why not have your cake and eat it too? Why shouldn't you? You come across this great mentor and then you find yourself in college. How did you know how to separate yourself in college or did you? And uh, what were some of the things you did in college to get ahead? Well, surrounding, I, I knew I needed to surround myself around the right people. And I really liked the people on the football team I was with. And I tried to hang out with the guys I knew that had their heads on straight, but I, I knew that they didn't have a strong desire to do anything outside of football during college. So I, I wanted to separate, wanted to separate myself with an internship. I didn't know what it was going in, but um, early on, I decided the Marines freshman year of college, but then the second year I decided for college works painting it, I did a couple interviews, Northwestern Mutual and a couple other opportunities, but it just looked like as far as well-rounded and could really work for my schedule, I decided I wanted to pursue college works painting, partly because of the people I met through the hiring process and talking to people that sound like people I wanted to be like. And same with the Marines. You know, I, I wasn't convinced on the Marines going in until I went to OCS the first time and met the caliber of people there, that that's what really convinced me that that's what I wanted to do. But yeah, all, all through college, I, I was just looking for what I was going to do next and what could help for that. So I liked the idea that I could do the Marines or I could not, you know, it wasn't a for sure thing when I signed up freshman year. And then I liked the idea of doing the painting, the painting gig for my time in college because it gave me some real world business experience that uh, I thought would be invaluable if I wanted to pursue that entrepreneurial path. So I've been thinking about your values as you've been talking, by the way, I got commitment out of, uh, out of it when you're talking about your definition of excellence, alignment of your action to your goals. You mentioned integrity. I think I'm going to throw on there from my point of view, looking outward in maybe patience. So you, you're striving for excellence, you're striving to be well-rounded, and you keep making these long-term calls. You do the long-term military call, yet you're going for three degrees, uh, finance, econ, and engineering, long-term. You're in the military getting some help with the education, long-term. You go into the college works gig to figure out leadership and management, so maybe you can apply it to your entrepreneurship. So you've got this two or three directions you're going since you were young. You've been plowing that way through high school. You've been plowing that way through college. You're still moving that way um, well after college. You don't, you don't know the end result, right? You're on the edge of excellence. You're about to get there, but you know it needs to be well-rounded. You know it needs to hit family, health, wealth, knowledge, faith. Um, you know you're getting there. So that's an interesting perspective. I'm talking, we bring people on the show that have already gotten there and they're old like me um, and they're looking back. Um, you're, you're just getting there, which is cool. Um, so why don't you talk to, the, uh, to our listeners about what you do? So what do you do in the military and what are you going to be doing in engineering and what skills do you need and what do you need to be excellent at to excel in that field? Yeah, so right now I'm a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps. So to get here, I went through OCS and then I'll go through TBS in May. Right now I'm kind of in a gray area waiting to go to TBS. So I don't have a lot of real on the job 
work right now. I'm just helping recruit. But my goal is at TBS to be a combat engineer, which is whenever I tell people about it, it's just blow up bridges, build bridges. So something along those lines, or I might get something along the lines of logistics or supply, depending on how well I do. It's based off class rankings and all that. But in the Marines in general, to get through OCS, to get a high ranking in TBS, to get your job, they screen you in three main areas, academics, physical fitness, and leadership. So academics is pretty straightforward. They want to make sure you're um, somewhat relatively competent and can handle your own when talking to people. When it comes to physical fitness, that's one of the harder areas with the military in general and maybe more particular with the Marine Corps. So they want to make sure you're physically fit and can lead by example with any of those challenges and can actually look the part. And then the leadership, the, you got to have the communication skills. I think that's number one. Uh, most important thing about any leadership role and when you're evaluating you this like at OCS they're absolutely ruthless with any mistakes you have if you're showing any signs of stuttering or lacking of confidence or anything along those lines you just get absolutely roasted by the sergeant instructors and th those guys are actually hilarious because they can say whatever they want make fun of you however they want so it's funny when it's not happening to you but sometimes they poke at those little insecurities that it's like ah you, know, you really got to talk about my ears that's, that's I'm, I'm nervous about that but uh no uh, the marines to be successful it's just like most other fields you gotta be diligent with your work. You got to be competent with what you're doing. And then you have to have the confidence and communication skills to lead if you're an officer in particular. So as far as at TBS, I'll find out exactly where we're going and what we're doing there. But I'm working on my electrical engineering degree right now. So I'm doing that online, Excelsior College. So I decided on the engineering degree because I decided long-term i if I want to work for a larger company and don't want to have my own business, I would prefer not to just be a salesman. I'd prefer to do something where I really felt like I was adding value to a company, which I think STEM degrees are, I, I wish I could go back. If I could go back and redo my degree, I'd do an engineering degree instead of finance, uh, just because I, I like the challenge of working on problems all the time. But um, I'm working on that right now. And it's, it's going. So that's, that's a whole nother beast. I'm trying to work through while I'm doing everything else. But uh, you talked about patience and long-term and that's kind of why I'm doing the engineering because long-term, I think once I get out of the Marines, that'll really be beneficial to help me um, get on to my next phase of my life. Yeah. So you've, uh, you've, you've done a lot to, to build your, your foundation. You play the sports in high school, you play the sports in college, you get a great degree, you get good grades, you go into the Marines as an officer, you rise up as an officer, you come out in an engineering firm, guarantee you'll be glad you have the finance degree. You will be glad yeah. you have that finance degree. Entrepreneurs that have finance degrees have a big advantage, but if you have an engineering degree, that opens a bunch of doors too. So let's talk about, you've opened all these doors. What sacrifices have you made that you look back on that you're really glad you made? The social time, the the partying in college. And I, I went to my fair share of estimates hungover and um, had my time in class where uh, I probably, you know, shouldn't have gone out. But I, I did have to sacrifice a bunch of just hanging out and doing the 
video games and all that sort of just time wasting stuff, which is really fun. But at the end of the day, you don't really feel better off for it. So that, that's probably the number one sacrifice. Yeah, uh, it's not social time. It's investment time. Do you invest it in this friend? Do you invest it in that friend? Do you invest it in this activity, that activity? But, uh, you know, I've known you a long time. You always seem to have a lot of fun and still hit the home runs, right? That's that's your definition of excellence coming back, well-rounded. You can be excellent socially. You can be an excellent friend. You can be very supportive. You can be there for you and get good grades and play sports and have great internships and get a great job. What's the key to that for you? You've got it all. What's the key? priorities it comes back to prioritizing exactly what you want so for me in college it was school then football then marines then college works and then friends so whenever i was making a decision about how to spend my time how to make my schedule i would prioritize school over everything else then work my way down the list so once you have the priority straight and then you're okay with missing a little bit of sleep to have fun it really just all works itself out. You know, you got you to be able to have the discipline to say no to some stuff and able to succeed at the stuff you really want to. Yeah, people don't always look at balance as a long-term. They look at balance short-term. How do I have fun, get good grades, get my girlfriend today? As opposed to, wait a second, I need to look at this over my life. You know, there's so many people just spend, you know, years of, 15 to 25, not doing anything. And they're so far behind versus those that just have balance. You don't have to not be fun. You don't have to not be cool. You just have to have a side job, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I've always, I've, I've always loved to have fun and have that time uh, socially investing in my friends. But uh, I, I just had to sign up for all the hard stuff first. Cause once I sign up for something, once I make that commitment, then I'll be good. And I'll, I'll find a way to work the fun in. Cause you know, I, I, that's my favorite, you know? That's great. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. Sign up for the hard stuff you'll figure out how to have fun. If you're a fun person, sign up for the hard stuff. You'll figure it out. You don't have to think about it. It'll come. Oh, that exactly. explains a lot. That explains a lot. So if you're looking back, and I know it's uh, not been that many years since you were 20, but when you're looking back at your young self, what would you want to tell your young self? Knowing what you know now, knowing that you're getting over the edge, knowing that you're headed to this 
wonderful future that's you're right at the edge of your heels, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Besides invest in Bitcoin, uh, I, I would probably uh, just make sure to journal, make sure to stick with, to write down everything that you're really going through. That, that was a huge, huge thing that helped me through any crucible moments of my life, challenges in football or college work to the Marines, you know, holding myself accountable that I had control, that I, I was responsible for my success and failures that was really motivating and calming, de-stressing to know that uh, you are responsible. And then, you know, when you write it down, when you journal it, it, it just becomes more clear. You know, it seems way smaller than all your problems feel when you just have them rattling around in your head all day. How often do you do your journaling? When I'm on top of it every night, when stuff's easy, then maybe once a week. Like right now, I don't have any real challenges I'm going through. It's just my job is pretty easy. But when I'm juggling a bunch of balls, like I was in college with football and the Marines and college works, I was doing it every night. So it's de-stressing. It's clarifying. It's a way to kind of talk it out to yourself. What else would you tell your 20-year-old self? Definitely hold yourself accountable and then prioritize what you want to do in life. So when you hold yourself accountable, it really enables you to take control. And then when you prioritize, you can have the ability to fit everything in your schedule because you're doing the important things first. Yeah, I used to, when I joined the entrepreneurs organization, I was young, I think I was 27. And many of the people that joined were joining to find someone to hold them accountable. They wanted friends that could pay the bill, they wanted to brainstorm strategy and they wanted people to hold them accountable. And I didn't understand the two of the three. Why do I want any more friends? Uh, which sounds horrible. I wish I didn't put that on the recording, but there you go. And uh, why would I need someone else to hold me accountable? I'm so hard on myself. But you seem to, back to your definition of excellence, you seem to be well-rounded. You hold yourself accountable to your family commitments, to your workouts and your health, to your savings and your purchase of Bitcoin, I hope, uh, to uh, learning more to focusing on others and practicing your faith. So it seems like you're, you've been pretty good at holding yourself accountable all your life. Nice reminder to not uh, lose track of that as you move out of your 20s. The journaling is interesting. Most people in their 20s don't journal. They think it's weird. And most of the things that come out on this podcast sound really weird. And I, I don't know if I got a better word for it, but dorky. So what do you tell your 20-year-old self when he looks back at you in the eyes and go, Kyle, you're cooler than that. Why would I ever do that? Well, by journaling, I'm not talking about getting a diary and, you know, writing in a little book every night. For me, it's just simple in my notes on my iPhone. I just type out, spend like 10 minutes really talking out with myself why I'm feeling so stressed right now, why I'm, uh, I'm feeling like how I'm feeling and what I can do to actually make myself feel better about it. You know, so the actual items to help me get through the tough times. So uh, back to your mentorship, what, did you get the idea of journaling from your mentors and how have mentors impacted you? Yeah, so uh, I, I really don't know where I got the idea of journaling. It really came, first it was just writing down my goals and then it grew into uh, how I could achieve the goals and then it grew into why am I feeling like this and trying to talk it out with myself. And it, I, I really do think it came from, 
almost texting my mentor, almost texting my dad about problems I had and then typing out a long paragraph. And then once I re read it, I'm like, well, I, I know what to do now. And just being able to realize it on my own, but starting out just talking to them. My, my mentor is really just focused, like showed me what was possible. You know, the guy I really look up, looked up to in high school, he played college football in Nebraska, and then he went to Africa for a year on a, a doctor's for humanitarian trip, you know, Doctors Without Borders. And then he, you know, became a doctor and is working on his wealth, doing a whole bunch of stuff and just living the absolute dream and just seeing that that was possible well, was huge for my development. That's great. So I oftentimes on the podcast, I ask people, Hey, what are you doing to stay excellent? But there's no change for you. It's been the same. So there are people out there that haven't been following the path to excellence, aren't on the edge of excellence. And you've laid out some great ideas. You, you, you have your five words. I call it the five F's family, fitness, finance, faith, and friends. Uh, you have similar words. Are they focused on those five? Are they thinking well-rounded? Are they thinking well-rounded now, well-rounded later? Are they thinking what I do today affects what I do tomorrow? Are they thinking back to your well-rounded definition of excellence? Am I balanced? Can I go have fun on Friday and Saturday night and get down to work 50, 60 hours a week? Or do I have to have fun 100 hours a week and then make the rest of the week turn into 168 hours and not get much done? So you've constantly been focused on it. You've, you've also constantly had pressure on your time, right? The more you do, the less time you have. Why do you keep biting off so many things instead of having less pressure on your time? Because I can handle it. Because I feel like people put artificial limits on themselves as far as how much they can bite off and actually comp accomplish in a week. I think it's, you know, just in high school, I that's why I really realized it when I was you know, I worked out three times a day and then was uh, doing a lot with DECA and all, all the different clubs I was in. And just after after having that foundation, when I got to college and as a freshman, I, I, they told me not to take 15 credits because that was too much. And then I just did football in school that first semester and I was so bored and drank way too much because I didn't know what to do with myself and I ended up having way too much free time so I feel like I'm just going crazy if I don't have way too much to do yeah so it's like working out you know if you're not on the edge of excellence if you're not moving in the right direction you start off with a small how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time right so you start off with a small bite and then a bigger bite. And next thing you know, you are well-rounded. Next thing you know, you do have a multifaceted life. Next thing you know, you are hitting home runs at home with your family, with your personal health, with your personal wealth, learning more and staying in contact with your faith and your altruistic actions and activities. Well, Kyle, I really appreciate you making it on the podcast today. It was great to hear from you right as you're starting off on your excellence just as you're teetering over the edge we really appreciate you making the time to share your knowledge with the up and coming of the world yeah appreciate you having me i hope you enjoyed that episode today on the edge of excellence podcast make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this if this episode made you think of someone go ahead take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them this show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. 
To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.